Welcome to the Steve Has a Chat podcast, where I call someone out of the blue with the record button on and hope to have an unscripted conversation about Microsoft business applications. Let's see how it goes. Enjoy. Thank you for calling Microsoft. How can I direct your call? Steve Mordew for Jeff York. Microsoft Finance, how can I help you? Steve Mordew for Jeff York. Is Jeff expecting your call? I'm with the Washington Lottery Commission calling about his winning ticket. Really? Okay, I'll put you right through. Hello, this is Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Steve Mordew. How's it going? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Yeah, I do this podcast where I kind of have a chat with uh, Microsoft folks about things that are going on. Is that something you'd be interested in doing with me? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, I've already hit the record button. (laughs) Do you have time? I've uh, hit the record button already. Perfect. You caught me at a good time. Let's do it. Cool, man. You know, I think that uh, I've, I've met you a couple of years ago, I think, for the first time. And I know you I wasn't sure how long you've been around in the channel or with Microsoft. You're 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 kind of that guy that uh, that I see in the corner of a lot of these rooms observing and contemplating. But I know that a lot of folks in the channel know exactly who you are, what your role is. Can you give me a little background on what you're doing today and then maybe we can get into how, what you did before that to get here? Yeah, perfect. So um, I in the CFO of business applications for Microsoft. Um, And so I lead a finance team uh, that covers um, and gives support across the business. I work uh, a lot with James Phillips, the engineering lead, Hayden Stafford, the sales lead, and then Alyssa Taylor and the product marketing team. And we, um, there's a whole host of of things that, that we do, but you could boil it all the way down to across those four individuals were enlisted to charter and build a sustainable and high growth cloud business application business. Um, and so it's when you boil it down that clear, it's it's pretty easy to get after it. So when, uh, when we see talk about uh, percentage of growth and different things like that out there, you're the guy that actually knows down to the penny what those were. To the penny. To the penny. All right. Well, to good to know someone's doing that. How did you? How long have you been with Microsoft, and how did you get into this role? I have been here 16 years now, um, and so it's it's interesting. I so 18 years ago, I interviewed once. I was fresh out of school, and um, it was sort of a friend of a friend that got me into the interview, and I made it all the way to the last one, and it was an accounting job. And I didn't get it. And I remember the recruiter called me and said, hey, you did you did very well. Um, they felt you were a little green. Go get a different job for a year or two and come back. And I was bummed at the time. And I was like, well, I don't really want to work there then. And yeah. I, I ended up at, a, interestingly enough, a small CRM company here in town, Onyx Software. And I spent a couple years there. Um, and then... My wife was here, we weren't married at the time, and she flipped me this job description that was really interesting. Um, And then I guess the rest is history after that. So I spent the first 12 years in field finance. I was in the US subsidiary for a while. I moved to Portugal. I was the CFO of Portugal for a little while. I was in one of the sales segments for a little while. Um, and then I ran a planning and strategy team for the last couple of years of that first chunk. And so that was all, it was called SMSG back then. Yep. Um, and then after 12 years at a product company and never having been in a product group, I felt like it was time to go do one of those. And I guess destiny sort of came across my desk and there was this job at the time we were called MBS, if you remember that. Yep. And um it was it was sort of perfect and it was the right size business and it felt like it was poised for growth and there was a bunch of interesting elements and uh so i moved into that role four years ago and then it's sort of evolved and the business has come a long long ways in the in that period of time 
Yeah, so in the last four years, we've seen tremendous change and, uh, and tremendous change before that. So you missed a lot of the, I mean, you, you came on board after cloud was a thing here in yeah. this business group and got, yeah. to, got to ride that thing. And you start. You, you came on as CFO into the in, in this business I, group at the time. I worked for a while. You'd think of it as the number two. There was a Josh Vitas was the guy who hired me, and he was the CFO of the business group. So he was around for a little while, mm-hmm. um, and then he took a different job. Uh, he's the CFO of our services group now, um, and then so you know, as Microsoft does, the org fluctuated around a little bit, and here I am. You know, I noticed that uh, I know we've got this one Microsoft story, and I know you guys all work uh, very closely with one another to to keep in lockstep on on what's going on. But in actuality, you guys all have different reporting lines. I know that Alyssa rolls up to I think Chris Capicella at some point. I think yep. you probably roll up to Amy Hood. Um, yep. And we got uh, uh, Hayden rolls up a different a different mm-hmm. line, and so does uh, so does James. So, so we got like these four parallel uh, lines of uh, of responsibility yet at, at, down at this level, you guys all work hand in hand, right? Yeah. And I, I've lived both in my time when I was, uh, when I was abroad, um, as the finance lead for Portugal, I actually hard reported into the general manager of the subsidiary. And even at the time I felt like I had two bosses. I had the local sales lead. And then I also had a finance lead, even though I didn't hard report in that way. And we as a company a couple of years ago went functional. And so it's as you described, marketing goes into the CMO and sales goes into the head of sales and engineering goes up through the engineering leads. We, myself, I go up through finance. Um, And yet we all still feel like we have two bosses, which is, you know, we matrix into the business and we feel accountable to each other. Um, And then we also hard line up into the function. Um, And I, I dare say that I think business applications is probably the one that works the best. I think the the four of us, James, Alyssa, Hayden, and I, um, I think have the perhaps the closest working relationship across all those. The other businesses are much bigger, and so there's there's probably other complexities and perhaps more players in the mix there. Um, but a little bit of our history as a business was we historically have been, you know, on the side. And part of the advancement for Dynamics is to become more of a mainstream business. And so that sort of required us to band together and work well together. Yeah, Dynamics for the longest time was, I used to refer to it in a barn down the street from right. campus, uh, you know, not not really associated with, with, the, with all of Microsoft kind of out there on their own. Right. And I think right. you guys are going to be moving on campus, right? One of the new buildings. Don't you guys if, be it ever gets, if it ever gets built. I was <laughs> on main campus the other day, and there is a giant swath of dirt from, I don't know, six or eight buildings that were torn down there in the middle. So right now, all of campus is sort of scattered everywhere while there's a couple-year build project. Do you sit out at Avanta today? Um, I don't, but I, I'm actually a nomad. I'm... There's a big giant finance team that's in a building called Red West, and I was there, probably been there two days out of the last month, and my own team was sort of making fun of me and wondering who I was. Um, so I, I move around. I spend time all over the place, depending on um, the day and what's going on. So it'd be fair to say then the CFO of Dynamics is homeless? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, don't, you don't have me. an actual yes. desk anywhere. <laughs> I do have a desk and it was a little bit dusty yesterday. So, but you know, it's, it's, um, part of the role. I think, um, I think success as a finance person at Microsoft is not sitting at your desk and looking at numbers all day, but it's rather being with the business or externally to really have a pulse of what's going on. And so, you know, that simply means I don't spend a whole lot of time at my desk. And it, frankly, it's a good thing. I drive my team nuts when I'm there. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, numbers are numbers, but without context. That's you know, right. So you you got to be out there and get the context of what those things mean. That's right. You know, in talking to uh, Alyssa and uh, Googs previously on these, because, uh, and similar with yourself, you've, you've kind of got, you got, responsibility for finance up 
and then you've got re- responsibility across with the with the business group. Yeah. And you know, does that occasionally come in? Uh, I mean, I, I'm imagining uh, neither Alyssa nor Steve took the bait. Uh, there being sometimes heated discussions. You know, we think about Alyssa, who was uh, whose group is responsible for creating the, the you know the prices and licensing. Yeah. And then you've got the engineering org that probably thinks this stuff is all extremely valuable. And then you've got the sales org, which would like it to be as cheap as possible. Yep. <laughs> you get picture. And then, then I'm sure you're in the room as well with your viewpoints. And, uh, and uh, does that all really just go smoothly? Is there never any disagreement amongst these team members? It's, a, it's actually, it's an interesting question. And I, I had the same dialogue uh, with my skip level yesterday. Um, and we, we have plenty of debate. We probably do it. Um, not so much out in the open, but we do it in our own little forums. Um, we have a monthly cadence um, called, we call it internally an EBR, an executive business review. And it's a three or four hour end-to-end review across the dynamics and power platform business. And we go from results and sales to sales plays to how's partner ecosystem running, how what's ISV look like, what's recruit, what's readiness, both sales and partner, how's marketing and events and references. So we what's the web look? So the whole thing, it's not a product review, it's a business review. There's a different cadence on the product side. And so everybody kind of pokes their nose in everybody else's business. And we <laughs> have very lively and spirited debates. And so we had one just last Friday. And, you know, it's respectful in the sense that we all work together and we're all after the same outcome, which is growth of the business. But you can bet that there's strong opinions and um, voices and energy rises and we move through things. Um, And it's healthy, I would say. Um, It's good that we can do that. So there's about 40 people in the room um, and we can kind of move through the topics. And, And then everyone walked out of there and said, God, that was the best one of those yet. Versus we've had some in the past where it was just all presentation. And so, you know, we run through four hours of content and 10 people come up and speak. And, you know, everyone walks out of there and says, geez, that wasn't. But that was never going to end. <laughs> and the difference is the debate there, to be honest. Yeah. That's what Hayden said to me. God, I, I look forward to the next one now. And that was after, you know, we got into some real dialogues. Yeah, you never hear a sales guy looking forward to a meeting, do you? No. <laughs> Hayden is not a meeting guy, so it's it's a good thing. So the uh, some of the plans for the future, and you know, you're you're in an interesting spot because you're the guy that kind of has the master scorecard. Uh, you know, engineering is building products, uh, marketing is promoting and and licensing and pricing, sales out there selling, but you're the guy that has a scorecard to say, hey, this this is working, uh, this isn't working, we're killing it on this one, we're losing our shirt on this one. Um, so I, I would ha- I would assume that you're continuously kind of feeding back to that team that, hey, this, this, this license or this product or whatever we're doing here is not doing what it needs to do. Uh, this one over here is great, put the pedal yeah. to the metal. Yeah. Uh, is that a big part of your role? It is, and um, you know, as I sort of said, like, a big piece of my charter is to help um, the business find a path towards sustainable and and high growth. And a piece of that is, hey, are we putting our resources and time and effort in the right places? And that's sales bodies, it's um, focus, engineering. If we go do external partnerships or uh, acquisitions, um, so that's a big big piece of it. And if you if you back up. I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago, we had less on the truck to sell, let's say. We were selling CRM and ERP, and that's kind of it. And if you skip forward to today, there's been a massive breadth added to the portfolio with the MR applications, the insights applications, Power Apps and Flow is in a very different state. Um, and there's been a broadening of the, the core applications as well. And so there's a whole new muscle for us that we're we're b- trying to build right now, which is, hey, we're not just selling, you know, the old school terms like CRM and ERP. We're selling workloads, and we have a whole set of applications to complement those, like the insights or the MR apps, et cetera. 
And it's a muscle for us to learn how do we craft up the right sales plays? How do we ready the field to understand the strategy there? How do we work with the business desk to the, get smart about how we maybe discount one and not the other? Um, how do we feel that we're making progress in that attach motion, both to the install base and to new applications? Um, so there's a whole rich um, piece of the job for all of us to go develop that muscle. Um, yeah, and then uh, likewise, we started as a company disclosing cloud margin in aggregate across all the clouds, Azure, Office 365, and Dynamics 365. And so we also uh, work deeply with uh, the engineering team to make sure that we have an eye towards gross margin profitability um, across the portfolio. Um, so there's plenty in there for us. Yeah, it sounds like it. I think that it, it feels like you know, previously you only had a couple of levers to manipulate and now you've got a whole rack of levers to manipulate That's right. to, to, to drive motions and behaviors that, that you want and outcomes for customers that you want. And uh, it, it feels to me, uh, having been in, in, involved for a little while here, that, that we've kind of dropped some of the maniacal, I would call it, focus on certain competitors. Um, I know that uh, you know Salesforce.com has always been out there, and and it, it seemed like for the longest time that was just that was just this this I mean maniacal is the only word I can come up with yeah. focus on them, and at some point that kind of shifted, and clearly they're still a competitor. Clearly we keep an eye on on them and paying attention to them and some of the other competitors, but it really feels like we kind of went back and said, you know what, let's let's just go our own way and let's let's use some of the assets that are uniquely ours. And and let's just build build products that we think people would would want buy and consume and make them available and citizen developer uh, angles right. and all these sorts of things and and just kind of like competition be damned is that is that been a conscious thing it, internally is that it's palpable? a very it's a very astute read and um, I I feel good that externally something like that gets picked up it was super intentional and we. You know, within my own time in this role, in the in the very early days, we would go head to head with Salesforce and on an SFA workload. And our learning was, gosh, that's perhaps not the sharpest way to go about gaining market share because we're we're the little guy fighting up against the big guy on 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 his playing field. Yeah, with, a me his, too, with a me too strategy. Right. And so we very intentionally said, hey, let's focus on where we can differentiate and where we can bring in all the assets of Microsoft. Um, and so, you know, a piece of that is there's a great affinity for Office 365. And that's where, you know, a whole lot of the world does their day in day out work. Okay, so like that's a toehold. Um, Azure um, is coming right along in the marketplace as well, and that's a toehold. And, you know, so to the extent that we as a company can bring together the other two clouds with Dynamics 365, that's a piece of differentiation. Um, and then from a technology standpoint, there are elements where we felt like we could not just go fight head to head, say, in the CRM workload, but bring the breadth of the portfolio, which at the time had ERP and now has more. And so we brought um, mixed reality into the portfolio intentionally because we felt like that would help us differentiate. Um, and with Power Apps and Flow as well, um, it's a place where as a, you know, Many people would say Microsoft's a platform company. Okay, so that's where we can play a little bit to our strength there. Um, and then also, you know, we have a giant field and partner ecosystem. And so to the extent that we can go um, lever that up and operationalize and activate, then there's a big asset. And so, again, long answer to it was a very intentional um strategy to go try to play a different game than anyone else is in the marketplace 
Well, I think it's landing. I mean, it's not surprising that I and some of the other maybe MVPs would have recognized that shift a while ago. Um, it takes a little while for the market to actually grasp what's going on. And it feels like we're getting over that that hump now with the marketplace actually getting, you know, kind of getting it, getting what, what's happening here. Yeah. Uh, lots, lots of excitement out there. I mean, as a as a partner on our side, you know, we see these new things coming. We get excited about them, but we know that, you know, the, the general public doesn't know about them yet. Even once they launch, it takes a while for the general public to even get caught up. And when, it, when I look at things like, uh, uh, you know, like uh, some of the AI stuff we're doing or uh, some of the, uh, you know, like you mentioned, the HoloLens and some of those sorts of things we're doing, it still feels like these are, I mean, we have to be there as, as Microsoft, you have to be the leader in, 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 out there in these new technologies, but some of these get, get out there kind of early um, yeah. and, and you would probably know better than others. I mean, we've, we've worked with some of the AI stuff. It's cool. Every customer, I talked to Googs about this, you know, every customer, you know, they'll see the video and say, Oh, I want that. I got to have some AI. And then, you know, they kind of get it and they don't really know what to do with it or their right. data, their data states in a mess. And, so some of these things feel like, yeah, we've got a couple of years uh, uh, before those things will be kind of standard. But I think that's the exciting thing is w- once we dropped our focus on what the competitors were doing and really just freed ourselves up to say, you know, what the hell with that? Let's go. Let's go do this stuff here. I, I think the differentiation is is becoming pretty clear, even even if we're not at a point where customers are are utilizing some of those things. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, we as a company are – perhaps advancing our thought of, you know, the the term digital transformation has been used for some time and we used to sort of lead with that that talk track. And there's a, a few companies out there that are ready for a full wall-to-wall digital trans retransformation of their end-to-end business. And great. And when we would love to partner with with them and we have some of our stories and wins where we've taken a company through that. And then there's many companies that aren't in a place where they want or are ready for something that full scale. Um, and so there's, you know, something that's a little bit more departmental um, or situational or uh, in the test phase. And so, you know, I think there's huge opportunity across both. Um, and some of those situations will be much more innovative and have things like HoloLens or AI or or what have you. And some of them may just be a little bit more brass tacks of, you know, replacing some old terrible process and, and modernizing it a little bit more. Um, and so we want to be relevant in both situations. Um, and so I think that we've evolved our thinking a little bit. And you also know that um, we've been making investments and strategy moves to show up um more industry relevant and it's a big push right now as well to continue to deepen our industry footholds and relevance and um the way we show up with the right partners and the right um sales play um and so i think that'll also help um the momentum of the business i I think the the industry focus was important i think that you know, as you said, even a couple of years ago, we we basically had one or two products to go sell. They were big products. Customer, are you ready to digitally transform today? Yeah. Nope. Well, then we'll come back in a couple of years. Right. But but today, that that story is definitely different. Uh, you know, are you de- are you ready to digitally transform your whole organization? Nope. Okay. Well, how about this? Uh, how right. about that? And we and we've got like so many different things that we can plug and play. Uh, I mean, we're currently right now involved in in. Uh, engagements where customers fully deployed on Salesforce, no chance they're moving off of Salesforce anytime soon. And we've gone in and been attacking some of the departments that are not even on Salesforce yep. and spitting them up with with Power Apps, which has kind of led to other departments that are looking over their shoulder. They're also kind of outside of the big machine and want these uses. And we're kind of building this little ring around Salesforce of, of Microsoft business applications. Uh, which isn't a thing we even could have done uh, right. a couple of years ago. That just wasn't even a model we could have even attempted. If Salesforce was in and they weren't going to switch, you know, next. Right. What? So what? What is resonating? So in those scenarios, what is resonating most for you? 
So for us, you know, we had that rapid start uh, solution that we developed oh, quite a few years ago now. We've we've had a, a perfect opportunity to pivot that into a platform solution. So it sits uh-huh. on the platform now, which opened up a lot of doors. And uh, I kind of look at power apps and you know, we got Canvas and model driven and ours is a model driven that that Canvas apps are a way to replace pen and paper and that model driven are a way to replace Excel based systems. Yeah. Uh, and I see, particularly in enterprise departments, lots of Excel-based systems, uh, yeah. which was you know, never intended to do that. Nobody's happy with them. An Excel-based system gets unwieldy the first time you share it with the second person. <laughs> and you know, some of these organizations have got you know hundreds, even thousand people all working in an Excel-based system, yeah. and and just torturing it. And uh, yeah, Salesforce is over there doing its thing, and they got all their users of that. But this department here is suffering. And that's been an excellent uh, uh, area for us to tap into. We've had a lot of success going into that, which we couldn't we couldn't have done that, you know, right. before some of the changes here recently. And do you feel like the insights applications, so like sales insights, customer insights, some of the virtual agent for customer service, et cetera, do you feel like that can help in this departmental surround type strategy? So. I see the interviewer has switched roles in this comment. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I got a little, little, this is my, you know, checking the pulse of the, yeah. of the no, extra I, market. I, I think they will have a place. I think that uh, where we're at today is, uh, you know, we're going into this department who's on spreadsheets. And I think one of the challenges with lots of uh, sales motions is if you try and go in too hard with too much, uh, you scare the customer away. Yeah. And so our goal now is let's get you off these spreadsheets and just just basically lift what you're doing on spreadsheets up to a business application. Uh, not scary. Uh, you know, look how easy it is, like how much better it is for your users. And then uh, we're still at the early days of that where people are, are, are you know, now smiling because they're off of spreadsheets. And we want to be smiling for a little while before we come back and say, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, how about some AI on top of that? Got it. So. I think that, to be honest, this is a challenge Microsoft sellers have, and I've been on several calls with them where they brought us in and they're talking, you know, we're talking to some department about some basic needs and, you know, they keep piping up like sales navigator or they've got their toolbox of things that they, that they need to get promoted, but, you know, take what's given, you know, take what's being offered, get in the door and come back later. And uh, I think that that probably goes for partners as well. They sometimes just get too eager to try and turn every opportunity yeah. into as big as it can be. And I think you got to take them for what they are and then grow them over time. Got Need it. a little more that's, patience. That's very helpful. All right, I'll, I'll stop interviewing now. <laughs> no problem. So coming up, you know, you, you would know two things. One is you would know the areas that are actually on fire. Uh, right now, across the business application stack, you can look. You know, you, you, you've got the real numbers, which I'm not asking for the real numbers, but you know which ones are kind of spiking, mm-hmm. and and uh, which ones need some more love. And what would you say today? And then we'll talk about the future plan. But what would you say today is spiking across business applications? Um, it's a good question. We. Um if I think back to the last quarterly earnings, even um, Amy shared not detailed numbers, but signals around the strength that we're seeing in in F and O um, broadly, and that is true and has been true for a little bit of time. And so, you know, if I if I wind back the clock to the moment in which we launched F and O, it's surpassed our expectations. Um, internally, you know, we just weren't entirely sure about how fast would customers move to an an online ERP, which at the time was um, not too pervasive in the market. Um, and it's continued to to grow uh, faster than our internal expectations, and and still continues to, uh, which is really great to see. Um, that's a tough that, workload to to move. I mean, on-premise right. ERP to cloud ERP is probably the most difficult and of, that's all the, why of all the we workloads were, we're dealing we with. We were tempered with it uh, at first just because of the complexities of, of an ERP workload. You're exactly right. 
Um, and, you know, we could get into a whole bunch of, of reasons why, but that, you know, from a workload, we, we've been happy there. Um, geographically, we um, have some parts of the world that are performing really, really well. Um, and, you know, we, we have one or two markets where we're, we're focusing um, in, a, in a much deeper way. And then we just, we have, I think, big opportunities ahead with some of the more new or nascent workloads. So, you know, Power Apps, frankly, is still relatively new. Um, it was deeply seeded for a long time, and we, we, there were some modest changes to the monetization there. Um, and we're really pleased with the pipeline that's growing um, and the, you know, the resonant signals that we're getting from customers and, and partners on Power Apps. And so um, the numbers are still, you know, relatively modest, but we're really, really, really pleased um, with uh, what should be a, a very promising workload ahead for us. That had to be an interesting conversation because, you know, obviously it would have been, what, maybe 18 months or so since they actually released a platform license, right? Mm -hmm. And when I think Power Apps, I think platform. Yep. Where you could you could actually acquire a license without without necessarily purchasing one of the first party um, right. uh, showcase apps and, and kind of roll your own or ISVs could roll your own. And I know that, uh, I mean, Param... Uh, a couple of years ago when I was asking about this, said it would never happen. So at some point there was a decision or discussion, probably one of those 40 person meetings where, where somebody, uh, you know, uh, said, Hey, why not? Um, how did, how did that come to be the, the, cause there had to be, I know there was resistance from the first party app teams and nervousness. Yeah, there, there was, I mean, talk about it like a religious debate almost over time. Um, and, you know, you probably know that if you wind back many years, we, we would sell something. It wasn't even called XRM, but effectively XRM. And it was still skewed up in a different way. And we, we just we had never really gotten clear about are we selling an app with, you know, lesser capabilities called basic or something like that? Or are we selling actually access into the platform? And we moved through that dialogue. And yes, we had meetings with 40 people. We had meetings that were far, far smaller than that. We had dialogues with Scott Guthrie and Satya and others. Um, and we finally got to this place. And I think everyone now feels great clarity and aha, okay, we're going to get ourselves into sort of three camps on the first party. Um, app, we're going to have clarity of what is an app and what is not. Um, and we're going to have the full SKUs and a read-only SKU team member. And yep. we had convoluted that up a little bit over time. And we were still doing platformy things in the in what was called team member, uh, which the spirit of that was a read-only access into the first party apps. And so, and then we'll draw a little line between those two camps and the platform. And that's where Power Apps comes in. Um, and we'll just get very clear on the monetization of that. And so some of it's seeded into parts of Office 365. And then there's clarity of the paywall moving into P1 and P2. And so I think it, it took us a while for ourselves to get clarity on what we were after there. And I think for the first time, perhaps ever, or in a, certainly in a long time, we have good clarity, I think, for ourselves and externally with platform access with Power Apps and then the first part of the apps, whether it's full app or or read-only access. I, it definitely was a risk uh, to release the platform uh, and see where it goes. I think, though, that – and we're still early days in that. We're still know, early but, days. But I think even today what we're seeing uh, – with the platform and also with the citizen developer motion, which yeah. had to have been another thing that probably was a big subject of debate. But what, what we're finding now is people are building apps, you know, end customers are building apps themselves that they never would have hired a partner to build. That's right. They, they never would have bought, you know, dynamic CRM online to build that. That's right. Uh, and that, that that's a whole level of the ecosystem that just didn't exist before that's got to be that's got to just be going crazy 
It's explosive. And, we're, you know, we see it with, you know, small companies um, and giant companies. And what's interesting is you go into giant companies and we've we've had a couple of big, big marquee wins um, and we have a couple in the pipeline. And it's interesting to talk to them. Some are very IT driven and it's the IT department that builds the apps, um, even with power apps, which is fine. And some go more of this organic community citizen developer type approach and all the innovation and app building happens out um, out in the depths of the company. And then it sort of trickles up as critical mass is built on on the apps that are really taking taking steam. And so it's very interesting to see both um, patterns playing out um, in companies of all sizes. I think that uh, we're still at a stage where we've got some protectionist motions by some of the first party app teams. Um, and I know there's there's a couple of different camps inside about about whether those should be in place or just you know not. I think that one of the things that hasn't happened yet uh, may never happen is that I don't think any of the first party app teams have been truly challenged by a you know comparable, ISV solution built on a platform. Or, you know, we build a, a an application on a platform that isn't anywhere near the level of what any of their right. apps are. So they don't think they look at us as a concern. But but at some point, you know, some some ISVs can invest and say, you know what, I think I could build a better enterprise sales application, and uh, and I've got the tools yeah. to do it. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see if that day comes to pass and how far out that will be and what the reactions will be. Uh, right now, they're they're keeping that from happening through some you know mechanics here and there of not allowing yeah. certain things but yeah but as this platform story continues to grow at some point i gotta think their voices are going to be you know overruled yeah you're i think you're right it'll be an interesting um dynamic to see play out um and you know i i think a couple of things guide us and one thing will fuel what you just sort of said like our our guiding strategy is that we build the core apps to what we call with air quotes around it like 80 percent completion meaning that we then rely on the partner and isv ecosystem to go um, the last mile in the micro vertical so in other words we'll never go build something that speaks to dentists or insurance companies or you know the list can go on media companies in the precise language um, that that industry or micro vertical talks about you know again we're going to build the core apps and then we're going to work with partners and isvs to go customize it put it into that language and make it most relevant and most competitive in that micro vertical so there's a strategy piece where we we should be a little bit okay knock on wood yeah and then um the piece that'll fuel what you just said is we very much want to aggressively grow our isv ecosystem and we're making some changes to um that program and you know, one of our key bets for next year and the years to come thereafter is to really double down um, and help fuel that, both from uh, have a better, um, more um, secure platform, have a programmatic way to work with, co-sell, co-market with the ISVs, have on our end have more headcount in the OCP team to go work with and develop and 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 help grow those partners um and so you're right it'll be a very interesting dynamic to see how it plays out in the in the coming quarters you know the some of the upcoming changes for isvs you know they, they've landed with some mixed reviews from some folks um i i kind of looked at it uh, this was just my opinion that, that you know when googs came in and looked at the the ISV motion, which, you know, really has been broken up to now. It's been kind of disparate and not, not really had any, had the level of love it needed to, uh, that he kind of slapped his forehead and saw the problem immediately is there's no revenue here without any revenue. Why would, why would anything get fixed? Um, and inter introduced the concept of, you know, rev share, uh, which is what all the other uh, platforms have been doing. So it's not, it's not something Microsoft 
uh, created out of whole cloth. This is yep. this is how everybody else does it. But you know, of course, that landed on an ISV community that you know has kind of been not having to pay a rev share. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest challenge is is for this is not so much about the rev share. People are fine with the rev share provided they get a return on that investment, which is. And I, I, I did a post recently with uh, some help from Anand on what some of those benefits are that are on the yep. other side. So I think where we're at now in that whole ISV motion is, uh, I think I think there's a lot of people that are wait and see. Um, the track record hasn't been good for Microsoft on the give side with ISVs. They've kind of felt like they were on their own, but eh, they didn't pay anything for the platform. So right now that they are. I think there's going to be an expectation for Microsoft to perform at a level they never really have have had to or tried to before, and you feel like the team's going to be ready for that. Yeah, to- I mean, I I think your your summary, and I read the post; it was a good one. Um, I think your summary and your your statement there is right. The the onus will be on us to make sure that there's um, there's good value there. There, you know, there's. Um, we have a recognition that ISVs are super relevant, um, as I said, to go finish up all the scenarios there. So that's number one. Number two, um, we want to put ourselves in a position where we can have a, a reinvestment methodology to go work with the ISVs, um, develop, there's a rev share piece, and a piece of that, you know, there's there's a little bit of cost recovery and there's some cogs in there that we incur as um, certain ISVs come onto the platform. Um, but in addition to that, then we want to have a mechanism to go reinvest back with that business um, and have the right co-marketing and co-sell and technical um, benefits and rights, if you will, to go develop that business together. Um, and so the onus is indeed um, on us to make sure that the program works and that all the um, benefits are there. Well, I'm pretty happy that that Googs is is taking that on because he's uh, he's thick skinned and he's he'll be the guy that'll put his head down and just bull his way through it because somebody's going to need to. And, you know, this is another new muscle. I mean, uh, it's a new I, muscle for us. And I and I would say Googs is great for sure. And I would I, I would just say it's it's even broader than that. Um, um, we have full involvement across OCP and, and Gabriella's team um, and others. And so we, we had a dialogue two weeks ago. We were in an SLT. We had a dialogue with Satya and the SLT on this topic. And so there's a very high level of uh, awareness, but also um, engagement and involvement broader than uh, just say our team um so i think that's good it means the whole company is showing up on this one yeah that is oh that's good news for all isvs that are that are listening to to this i think the easiest thing to do was say we're going to start uh, rev share and it's going to be 10 or 20 percent that was that was simple to do the the other part is definitely the more difficult is uh now we've we've created a a higher bar to entry but we want more people to enter uh and the way to get them to enter is going to be what what are we going to what is Microsoft going to offer you as an ISV to come join our ecosystem? And that'll it's funny because I I wrote that post on the benefits, uh, you know, talking to Anand, and no sooner did I hit the publish button that he he reached out and said, hey, we we changed a couple of things, so clearly it's fluid. Um, I don't think anybody should look at necessarily my post or or the list of. Uh, published benefits as, as locked in stone. I think yeah. that uh, there's some, it's a new thing for, for Microsoft to figure out, okay, well now that these people are paying us, what, what, what should we give them in return that's valuable to them? And they'll, they'll discover some things that aren't valuable and some other things that are. So I expect, I expect it'll be a little while before that actually settles into, you know, in, here's, here's what you get and we got it because we know this is what you want. It's right. We're we're in um, kind of pilot mode right now. We we have a, a small handful of ISVs that we're we're we've brought into the sort of the listening circle, if you will, um, to help us sort of gauge and get get a listening signal um, before we go GA this summer um, with the program. And 
as part of that, we have live debates um, weekly on all elements of the program. Um, and then specifically, like, what are the different um, elements to the 10% and the 20? You know, and I'll, I'll just reiterate, it, it gets back into, you know, within the 10%, there's some element of and some combo of there's, um, we believe that there's value in accessing into the data. There's an element of COGS recovery. There's also within that um, some marketing and technical benefits. And then as you get into the 20%, then you sort of opt into a, a bigger um, set of options for both co-marketing um, and co-sell. And across everything that I just highlighted, as you indicated, it's live and it's real and we're working at it right now and we're taking the listening signals that we have and trying to make sure that when we do go GA, um, that it'll that it'll land in a in a smooth way for the partners and success out broadly in the market for everyone involved. Yeah, that'll be that'll be an interesting time when it launches to see who signs up for the ten percent, who jumps straight to twenty, and who just uh, exits. Uh, there, there, there's not a way to be an ISV in business applications without without a 10% rev share. That's 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 just going to happen. Uh, and I think that uh, some some of the partners I've talked to, they've been trying to come up with avoidance schemes, and it's not avoidable, and it shouldn't be avoidable. You can't avoid it anywhere else. Um, I can't imagine anyone would actually just exit because of that, unless they just didn't have very valuable IP. And then, well, good for the ecosystem. We got rid of some not very valuable right. IP. Right. But I will be curious to see, I mean, we know certainly enterprise, if you're not enterprise focused, you're not going to opt for 20% because that's really what the co-sell motion brings to the picture is, yeah. is access to enterprise level customers. Uh, but of those enterprise level focused, you know, be curious to see how many jump straight to the 20% and how many kind of take a, well, let's wait and see. Uh, it's, it'll be an interesting day when, the, when those contracts are passed around to see what people sign. Very much so. And, you know, we are, I think we as a company um, aspire to have a culture where we are customer and partner first and have the right listening signals and we want to adapt quickly to to the needs there. And so uh, I think we're conscious that we're going to test that here um, and we're inserting a, a change and we're we spend a lot of time talking about our own internal readiness to make sure that we can um, respond with agility there. I'm actually uh, pro uh, the rev share. I think that uh, you know some ISVs that may have large solutions and large customer existing customer bases might have more reason to be concerned uh, about this, uh, this new thing. But for a lot of ISVs, particularly new ISVs coming into the system, they should be looking at this as a strong signal that they're not on their own uh, to try and exceed yeah. this ecosystem, that that <laughs> there's a motivated Microsoft to help them succeed. So you know, well, the other just reiterate those words, there is, <laughs> I, you know, I can say there is a highly motivated Microsoft across all three clouds that wants to deeply work with ISVs for a mutual growth in the business. Yeah, well, as you know, I'm, I'm involved in lots of different uh, pilots and other conversations with the teams yeah. a lot around that ISV stuff. And I can, I can, I can definitely see it. Uh, yeah. it's, it's clear that, uh, you know, what, what, what will make this work uh, very open to, uh, yeah, I haven't had anybody draw a line in the sand and say this, this is how it is. Um, very open to making sure this thing works for for all the ISVs. I'm yeah. pretty excited about that. I you know, agree. that's so that's a big bet for for 2020. Um, what are what are some of the other big bets that uh, that you guys are going to be making? Yeah. So um, across the business applications business, um, it should be a very promising and big year for us. Like on the on the, I won't go into the the, the products per se, other than to just say the the portfolio will continue to expand and be enriched uh, with the great work that that James Phillips is doing. On the go-to-market side, 
um, we're going to have an infusion of uh, a fair amount of investments, which is great. Um, and so it'll manifest itself in some more sellers and partner heads, which is great. Uh, we talked about the ISV piece. Um, we are going to make a concerted effort um, with an awareness campaign. And so for a long time, you know, we have externally not had the level of awareness that, say, some of the very big competitors have had um, just broadly in the in the marketplace of does Microsoft have offerings in business applications? So we're going to invest a good chunk of money on an awareness campaign um, and very specific marketing efforts. We're going to have I don't know if you know the term Microsoft Business Forward. Yep. It's uh, it's an event that we started about a year and a half ago. Uh, and it's a very sort of high-end, small type room, a couple hundred BDMs. Um, we get Judson or Satya or James or others um, to sort of keynote it, and we bring them through a very highly curated event one day. So, you know, we were doing roughly three of those a year. We'll do 10 next year, which is great. So there'll be a whole, um, there's many more pieces, but there'll be a whole drive around building awareness of, Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. That's one. Um, we'll also uh, spend a good chunk of money on um, driving and elevating the Power Platform business. And so it's still relatively new as we've been talking about. And so um, there's a whole ecosystem and, um, you know, getting down local and helping build the right um, elements to fuel the citizen developer move. Um, as well, um, as well as driving a concerted effort on on driving up paid Mao. So that'll be good. And then within the broad, broad field, um, we're making um, a whole bunch of effort um, around tightening up the partner co-sell efforts, um, narrowing up our sales plays. Um, to be a little bit more precise and inclusive of the broadening portfolio. Um, whereas in the past, we had a, a little bit more of a laundry list and they were more producty as opposed to something that's just a little bit more encompassing of what the customer's needs are. Um, we're going to, uh, we're launching um, something called um, Catalyst, which is um, like a guided, transparent, transparent to the customer uh, sales process that will sort of take customers through so they can go from ideation all the way through to internal selling to achieving business outcomes. So we're moving um, away from solution sales? No, it, it's it's a way to... Evolution? It kind of. It's a way to, you know, if you think of Microsoft, we're, we're great at branding and having all sorts of programs. And, and for the uh, customers that sort of go through that, you know, they'll get touched by two or three or four um, type um, processes and programs. And so it's a way for us to sort of tighten that up, get a little bit more transparent to the customer about how we're taking them through the, the steps. Again, like from ideation to discovering what's possible with technology to internal selling, et cetera versus just throwing a litany of sort of disconnected uh, programs at them. And so we, we've we've had a couple of marquee wins in the last year, and the customers sort of said, hey, th that actually helped me through um, to the decision point. But there were moments when I was, you know, unclear of where are we and when do we start talking product? And so it's just, it's a long answer to saying we, we can tighten tighten up our end-to-end -end process and programs um, and take the customer through in a little bit more of a guided fashion. I think that that definitely has been a challenge uh, up to now, because, and it's because the portfolio is so broad, you know, between Office 365 and everything that's happening over there, Azure and everything's happening over there, uh, Dynamics and everything's happening over there. Uh, you know, each of those really is competing with outwardly with maybe only one competitor who can focus specifically yeah. on that. You know, Salesforce exactly. can talk about business apps. Azure could talk about, you know, this, that, and the other. So you, you've just had a challenge that Microsoft kind of looking or that customer looking at Microsoft as being so big and so broad that don't know where to start or where to grab a handle to, to get engaged where, 
you know, with other platforms that are only do one thing, you know, the handle's a little more obvious. That's right. There, it's well said. Like sometimes we, as a big organization, sometimes we're our own worst enemy because we have such a broad, broader than dynamics. We have a massive portfolio as a company and a whole lot of specialists. And and um, so the challenge for us then is to sort of move past all that noise and show up in the most relevant fashion for a customer, unique to their industry, ideally helping them advance their business problems and bringing in technology in the right way, not in a overt sell technology, but in the right way to actually help them move forward their business problem. I think the industry focus was probably the first step towards that is let's, yeah. let's get pointy around say healthcare and let's, let's, let's put together a story specifically for this industry instead of having just generic sales guy come in and sell everything you know, very, very uh, specific people that understand that industry. The same thing with the other verticals. I think I was like the first step towards trying to simplify that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, glad, glad to hear there's more motion going on to make that, make that uh, light bulb go off with that customer quicker uh, and yeah. easier than it has. Yeah. And, and so, you know, again, you're looking forward uh, question. I, I, I bounced all over the place. I guess I'd, I'd summarize, I'd step all the way back and sort of say, we've come a long ways as a business in my time here in the last couple of years. Um, and I think the best is yet to come. And I think in this next fiscal year, there's a whole bunch more attention, focus, investments, uh, and changes to the business and the product portfolio that I, I think the best is yet to come. Um, and I, I can't wait to see the growth that lays out in front of us together with the partner ecosystem. Yeah, I think uh, Charles, when I was talking to him on this chat, uh, referred to Power Apps as kind of like an inflection point that he remembered SharePoint being at. Yeah. When it all of a sudden went from this little little thing that people are messing around with to just exploding, and yeah. uh, he sees Power Apps in that same spot. And we got a uh, an upcoming event here in uh, just a couple of weeks um, in uh, Atlanta. Yeah, I assume you're going to be out there for the business I application summit. I think Alyssa had told me that uh, there was like six thousand last year for the first inaugural event that they hastily put together. She's had a whole year to put this one together, and we're expecting big things and about double the attendance. So that, that should be it's quite be exciting. Totally, it's. Um... I think well said again. I think last year we were making some changes quick and put it together, and it, I think it was a it was a good event. Um, and great event, a great event. And I think it's just going to continue to get better. Um, there's been a lot of focus on this, um, and we've had plenty of time to to prepare for it. And so I think the the lineup is there. The the enrollment uh, is moving right along, and we're we're pleased where that's at. And um, and I think we all look forward to a really good event. Is uh, Jeff York going to be doing any sessions? I don't know if I'll do, be doing any technical <laughs> sessions, but I, I you can bet that I my agenda is filling up. And so I on Sunday, the most of the world from here flies on Sunday because it starts Monday morning, obviously bright and early. Um, and so my wife and I are co-hosting something with my middle son his class and so i am taking a red eye out sunday night so i'm going to get a cappuccino at the airport get go straight over and i will i'm going to go straight into it and, and it, it'll be good let me ask you one final question and i'll let you get back to work yeah and, and i ask this of everybody also is you know when you look out across the portfolio of products that we now have and and from your perspective knowing what you know about the products and and the engagement of that product what do you think is the biggest miss right now from customers that that product that, sh that they should that should just be blowing up and for whatever reason lack of awareness lack of understanding but that they should really go take a look at uh, specifically if you just kind of pick one that you feel like this yeah. little orphan here is is really great and, and people should look closer at it yeah well um you and I have talked in the, the last little bit of time a lot about power apps um, and but it's still early days. And so, you know, as pleased as I am and we have a great pipeline and there's all sorts of 
you know, as we talk to, to customers, the, the topic comes up. Um, but it's early enough days that we don't have, you know, in mass tens of thousands or, or millions of users every day, um, you know, signing up for new. Um, and so I think that an inflection's coming. I think that the inflection's coming. I think that we have the right, I think the product's in good shape. Um, and I think that with the, some of the investments and focus that we were talking about across the power platform, I think that um, it's very big days ahead. Um, and I think that more and more companies will realize the opportunity of what they can achieve with, a, with something like that. And as you said, um, the amount of bespoke custom apps that are out there within a company, whether it's in Excel or some other system or paper or what have you, I think is just gargantuan. And so the opportunity to digitize all that and get business flows and processes working, I think uh, can be a, an amazing productivity boom to those companies. And so I think, um, I think very optimistically about that product line. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that probably 80% of business process is still happening on spreadsheets across all size customers. Yeah. So there's a yeah. huge, a huge yeah. bunch of folks to move. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else you want to, you want to throw in here before I wrap up anything we missed? No, sir. I think we, we, I we think beat we the covered. hell out of it, didn't we? <laughs> I think so. Jeff, I look forward to seeing you out at business applications summit. We'll grab a beer. Sounds good. And uh, thanks for the call. And uh, you have a good rest of the week. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Thanks, Steve. Oh, wait. I just thought of one more question. Hello? Hello?